In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. And guess what? We have an anniversary today. Um, We've been three months on the air now on the Business Channel, and we are one of the fastest growing series on the Business Channel, and our audience is growing and growing. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, and my goal is to make you aware of the best leadership practices, leadership trends, and thoughts about leadership. And that's what we do every week. We have listeners now from all over the globe, and I'd like to welcome some of those listeners, um, just some countries that I've picked out, Bulgaria, Luxembourg, Germany, China, and of course, the United States. So good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be listening from. And today I'm broadcasting from Prague in the Czech Republic, so a special greeting to my Czech listeners. So what's this series about? Well, we are about, we are about leadership. Okay? Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's com- uh, economy. In the series, we have to talk about everything from gender balance and leadership to business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please download us. We're on iTunes And in this series, you can listen to great advice, leadership success stories, and you can hear from great leaders that motivate you, stimulate you, give you new ideas, and possibly can even give you some keys that will be the keys to your success. So I invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Tell me what you want to hear about. I'd love to hear from you. You can also download my personal podcast on iTunes called Ponytail Talk, Global Advice from a Female CEO Pioneer. So reach out to me and tell you tell me what you want to hear. If you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for your business or yourself. So now on to today's episode, millennials, okay, the word of the day, and millennials are now in full force in the workplace. The Generation X, as Generation X, begins to move into the boardrooms and baby boomers begin to find new interests, the millennials are emerging in management and they continue to set new rules, bring new ideas, and bring change to the way we're doing business. Now, it's estimated uh, there's about 80 million millennials in the United States. And I know here in Europe, um, if I take the UK, for example, there's probably a conservative 15 million. So therefore, they're making up a large portion of the workforce in most countries. And they are now a major economic force influencing our buying habits, our customer service habits, and generally influencing just about everything to do with business. Now, a lot of us who are part of Generation X or baby boomers are having to adjust to the way we manage because the millennials do have different values, expectations, and want different things from their career experience. But we're not the only ones having to adjust. The millennials have also to learn to adjust. 
So these people, this group, this generation has been brought up with different expectations and values. So they are also coming to the reality that there are certain business protocols often different from what they expected that what they expected and what they learned. And they're also learning that career springs are probably a little bit different than what they hoped for. Career springs may be a little bit more progressive than just from manager to CEO. They've also realized that not everybody can be Mark Zuckerberg, the founder of Facebook, and not everybody can find be the founder of a company like Facebook. All these realizations may actually make it more difficult for the millennials than it does for us. They have different standards for employment than we have grown up with, and we have these standards, and they're long-existing standards. Very often, millennials' interests lie more in experience and social aspects of business than helping faceless corporations increase profit margins. But in a nutshell, this generation's about change. The values and expectations of the millennials sometimes make it difficult for themselves, but also makes it difficult for us in business to attract, retain, and keep the interest of this generation. Even we, the generation of Xers and baby boomers, and I'm kind of in the middle there, you know, we created this generation. And very often, even though we created them, we don't know how to deal with them in the workforce. This generation is creative, smart, and we basically encouraged them and taught them to follow their hearts. And we taught them they could pretty much do anything. But the global economy has made, it, made the world competitive. And sometimes it's hard to do, about, do anything. So to quote our expert Bruce Tolgan, not everyone will get a trophy. And that's what the world looks like today, even if everyone thinks they're going to get one. So how do we manage the expectations, contributions, and deliverables of this millennial generation? And our expert today is going to help us. Bruce Tolgan, founder and chairman of Rainmaker Thinking, is an expert in this area. He is internationally recognized as the leading expert on young people in the workplace and one of the leading experts on leadership and management in general. In recent years, Bruce was named by Management Today as one of the few contemporary figures to stand out as a management guru, and he was named to 2009 Thinkers 50 Rising Star List. Also in 2009, Bruce was honored to accept Toastmasters' international most prestigious honor, the Golden Gavel. Bruce is the author of several books, but one of his most recent books include the updated and expanded edition of Not Everyone Gets a Trophy, How to Manage the Millennials. And another book that is one of my favorites, Bruce, is Bridging the Soft Skills Gap, How to Teach the Missing Basics to Today's Young Talent. Now, Bruce has written a lot of other books, including Winning the Talent Wars, which received a widespread acclaim from Fortune 500 CEOs and business journalists. He lectures at Yale Graduate School of Management and other academic institutions, and his writings are all over the place. There are newspapers, there are Harvard Business Review, Business Week, Los Angeles Times, and the USA. But, Bruce... I want to just give one little fun fact about you that I think is just so cool, and it's a non-business fun fact, that you have pursued a lifelong study of Uechi Ryu karate, and you hold a six-degree belt, making you a Renshi master of that style. Extremely impressive. And 
Welcome to the show, Bruce, and thank you for taking the time to join me. Oh, well, gosh, thank you so much for such a kind introduction, and thank you so much for including me on the show. And um, yeah, I don't usually talk about karate and business at the same time, but uh, uh, that's my lifelong passion is karate. So since I was seven years old, I've been doing that. Wow. I mean, that was just such something that just, you, you know, you learn something about people and their interests and what they do. And, and that kind of dedication just had really stood out for me. And I had to, just, you know, congratulate you on your, all your business accomplishments. But I think that is absolutely wonderful also. So um, let's, let's get started, Bruce. So we have a lot of listeners out there. And, and I, some of them may not actually know when we talk about millennials um, who we're talking about. If Can we just kind of give them a short definition of that? Yeah, well, demographers differ about the exact parameters of each generation, but it's pretty well settled that Generation X ends in 1977. So the first birth year of the millennials is 1978. Uh, but most definitions would say the millennial generation is those born 1978 to 2000. And so that's a very big time frame. Too big. Really, yeah. and yeah. Uh, so we split it into uh, we split the millennials into first wave millennials, those born 1978 to 89, and second wave millennials, those born 1990 to 2000. And so, if you look at the first wave millennials, the oldest millennials are 39 years old, born in 1978. Those born 1978 to 89 are 27, 28 percent of the workforce in North America and in most of Europe. Um, and then those born 1990 to 2000 are now approaching 17% of the workforce. Uh, the youngest of them are 17 years old. Uh, but if you look at that, the new young people coming into the workplace today, the new young workforce, the emerging young workforce is really the second wave millennials. Mm -hmm. uh, those born 1990 to 2000, that's who we're focused on like a laser beam right now. Right, because the first, the first wave, then Bruce would be. I mean, at thirty-nine, I mean, they're they're fairly integrated now, wouldn't you say? And um, when I talk to executives and managers, and you still have this buzzword, millennials, and some of the habits or some of the the values that are attached to that. So my question to you is: is first on the first wave, what are some of those values, and why are we? still talking about them, and then do they differ from the second wave? Yeah, I mean, I think when people today are talking about the millennials, they're talking about the second wave millennials. Okay. Uh, you know, they're, they're using that as a code word for, or as the, the word for young workers. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just that demographers use these terms. Look, the baby boomers, when, when we started talking about baby boomers, they were young. You know, <laughs> when they start talking about Generation Xers, I was young. Now I'm 50. So uh, we've been studying young people in the workplace in, in my firm since 1993. And uh, back then, you know, uh, the, the millennials were, um, were not even on the radar screen. So uh, as we've tracked the millennials, those first wave millennials came into the workplace, you know, in 2000. So they came of age in the 90s. Think of it. Peace and prosperity. Uh, the 90s were great. There were magical business models. 
the dot coms, you were going to be able to make money without services and products. Uh, uh, there was the roaring 90s. Uh, the Soviet Union was gone. America was the sole superpower. In the 90s, it seemed like everything was going to be great. And that's when the first wave millennials grew up. Then they came into the workplace in the early 2000s, right after 9-11. So their early career stage was one of a dashed hopes and disappointment. Turns out we're at war and economic uh, uncertainty and environmental collapse hanging over all of us. Uh, so the first wave millennials have a very different story from the second wave millennials. The second wave millennials, uh, they grew up in the 2000s in the midst of all that uncertainty. Meanwhile, uh, parents had gone from trying to focus on the self-esteem of their children to by the 2000s, uh, it was helicopter parents on steroids. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and meanwhile, uh, uh, young people who grew up in the 2000s, this is when the internet became ubiquitous and, and then handheld supercomputers became ubiquitous. So the second wave millennials grew up in an era of economic uncertainty, war, fear of terrorism, and economic collapse at a time when job security was really uh, dead and um, uh, or dying uh, right before their eyes as they were growing up. Meanwhile, they were being raised by helicopter parents on steroids, and they were learning how to think, learn, and communicate while attached to handheld supercomputers. And in an era where customization is everything and diversity is uh, uh, going now all the way to the individual. Every single individual is his or her own unique diversity story. And during an era when uh, globalization and technology and social media are telling us, gee, maybe all styles are equally valid. So this is the growing up experience of the second wave millennial. Those are the young people who are showing up at work every day, the, the, the after graduating from high school or from college or from graduate school. So these are, this is then the, and I'm learning something new. This is really great because I also didn't realize that I knew the ages, but the first and second wave. So the first wave is pretty integrated now. And so when I talk to executives and I talk to CEOs, basically, and I don't want to say they're complaining, but some of the some of the comments they have are probably focused on this second wave. So what I'd like to do is when we we're going to take a short break soon, and when I when we come back, I'd like to really hear from you how these helicopter parents have affected their values in the workplace place, and how that's maybe clashing not only with the extras of the baby boomers, but also maybe even the first wave of millennials, okay, that could be clashing with both. So we'll take that on when we come back from a, the break. So thank you, Bruce. Um, we are talking to our listeners to Bruce, Bruce Tulgan, founder and chairman of Rainmaker Thinking and author of Not Everybody Gets a Trophy, How to Manage the Millennials. And if you have questions for Bruce, you can contact him at mail at rainmakerthinking.com. His LinkedIn is Bruce Tulgan MT and at Twitter at Bruce Tulgan, Facebook Bruce Tulgan RMT. I'm sorry, the LinkedIn was Bruce Tulgan RMT also. 
And the website is rainmakerthinking.com. And I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, a CEO and leadership and cultural diversity expert. You can contact me with questions at leadershipbeyondborders at Gmail or go to my website at globalbusinesstherapy.com. You are listening to Voice America Business Channel, and we'll be right back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Bob Pritchard has over 30 years of experience as a straight-talking business consultant and author working with some of the top Fortune 500 companies. Now he's come to the Voice America Business Channel to help you and your business. Tune in to the Bob Pritchard Radio Show for information about starting and successfully running a profitable business. From the movers and shakers to great marketing screw-ups, you can't afford to miss a single edition of the Bob Pritchard Radio Show, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CTN CIO Talk Network, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experience with listeners as they discuss with Sunjoke All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive, better care for customers, and improve the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CTN CIO Talk Network with Sunjoke All at CIO Talk Network. Com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, the Voice America's business channel's fastest, one of the fastest growing series. And we're learning about global leadership. I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, a seasoned executive leadership and diversity expert. And today we're talking with Bruce Tolgan, founder and chairman of Rainmaker Thinking and author of Not Everybody Gets a Trophy, How to Manage the Millennials. Now, Bruce, before we left for our short break, you were explaining to us there's really two waves of millennials, the first wave and the second wave. And when people still talk about the millennials, they're primarily talking about this second wave that's kind of new into the workforce right now. And they were the ones who grew up with um, helicopter parents and and a complete different experience than the first wave. So let's talk about what are their values. And if I'm a if I'm a manager, a CEO, you know. What am I? What are the challenges and what are the opportunities I'm going to have with them? How can I attract them to, to the workplace? Can we talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so we look at uh, new young workers every day for our clients in every industry. And uh, we look at the issue of staffing strategy. And then we look at attraction. How do you attract them? How do you select them? How do you get them on board and up to speed most effectively? Uh, once they're there, uh, how do you keep them focused and motivated? Uh, and then how do you keep the best ones longer? And how do you help them learn and develop and earn more of what they need and want and grow into the next generation of leaders? So we look at that whole spectrum of issues with regard to young people uh, for our clients in every industry. I mean, we've worked with uh, in, uh, organizations in, in just about every industry on, on that on these issues. Mm-hmm. So what kind of generalities are you seeing okay, um, across this? Um, if, I'm, if I'm a company and I want to attract and, and keep some of these new young people, how do I do that? Well, you know, if you're saying, hey, come join us, um, join the family, pay your dues, climb the ladder, uh, make lots of short-term sacrifices, and in five years you get this, in 10 years you get this, in 15 years you get this, in 20 years you get this. If that's your message, then it does not speak to young people. Uh, that goes in one ear and out the other. That is a message from the workplace of the past. But if you say, hey, come work for us. Uh, here's what we want from you on day one. Here's what we're going to uh, give you on day one. Here's what we want from you in the first week, in the first month. Here's what we can do for you in the first week, in the first month. Here's what we want from you in year one and year two. And here's what we can do for you in year one and year two. Uh, that's the framework. And uh, so young people today, they look at a, an established employer of any shape or size from the outside. They don't think, gee, I wonder where I'll fit in your big system. Mm-hmm. They look at, a, at, at an employer from the outside and they think, gee, I wonder what role you might play in my life story. And, uh, you know, young people, uh, partly due to being young and partly due to the generational change, uh, they look at at their working lives and careers differently from those of previous generations. And so from the starting point is you have to understand how they look at their working lives and careers, what drives their behavior, uh, and how to build a productive win-win employment relationships in this environment. Mm-hmm. When I talk to, that's really interesting because it, when I talk to a lot of executives, sometimes that this this is a little bit of a complaint from there sometimes, um, you know, with the question, well, why should I tell them, you know, what we can do for them, okay? Um, isn't that a little bit self-centric? Um, you know, what happens and does that cause problems as, as companies do have certain business protocols, what happens when people, when those young people come into the workforce with this um, orientation of what can they do for me? Are, do you see class, clashes within the work, within actually the companies themselves sometimes? Is there adjustments that need to be made? Yeah, absolutely. Older, more experienced people very often find the millennials to be 
too demanding on day one uh, to be unwilling to pay their dues and climb the ladder, uh, to make requests and suggestions and demands uh, way too soon, to expect uh, more responsibility uh, and more movement in their career at earlier stages. Um, they expect more flexibility in their schedules and work conditions, uh, and they seem to expect uh, more in the way of uh, financial rewards as well. So a lot of older, more experienced people, uh, they think this means young people, they don't want to work hard, uh, that they're disloyal, that they have short attention spans, uh, that they have unreasonable expectations, and that um, they're very, very high maintenance. And I think there's truth to a lot of that. But look, in the workplace of the past, people trusted the system to take Mm -hmm. care of them in the long term. If you trust the system to take care of you in the long term, then you're willing to make lots of short-term sacrifices. You're willing to, to pay your dues. You're willing to work hard and make mistakes and break a few eggs and waste a bunch of time. But you have to trust the system to take care of you in the long term to make that make any sense. And the reality is nobody trusts the system to take care of them in the long term anymore. That's for sure. Yes. So the invisible hand of the long-term vesting reward is no longer doing the work of driving behavior. It's no longer doing the work of driving performance. And so older, more experienced people, they're living through the same thing. But they've been around for a while. They have cards in their hand already. They grew up uh, before the system fell apart. They already have seniority. And so the younger, less experienced people, they look at this and think, well, that, that, that doesn't make any sense. Um, so they think short-term and transactional, not because they're disloyal, but because nobody trusts the system to take care of them in the long term anymore. So I'm a, if I'm a company now and I'm, I'm dealing with these challenges in, the, in, in my workforce, okay, if I have 30% millennials and then maybe 70% Xers and boomers and, and I need to balance it, how, how, what would be your suggestion on how I could do that? You know, is it treat everybody the same? Um, is it make sure there's access to the same kind of uh, reward and promotion systems? What would be a way I could go about trying to manage this? Well, what you have to do is you have to, uh, uh, of course, provide everyone with the same opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I tell employers every single day is you don't need a one-size-fits-all approach. One size fits all in today's world is the enemy. Uh, One size fits all is what nobody's looking for. And one size fits all just doesn't work anymore. Uh, What I tell our uh, clients is you don't need uh, five different approaches for the five different generations in the workplace either. That wouldn't make any sense either. What you really need is a system that's flexible enough Uh, to customize employment relationships uh, for as many people as you possibly can based on their value to the organization, based on their contributions. So, of course, you have to have a system in place. You have to have a structure. Uh, You have to have a, a, a system that's scalable. But where so much of the action is, 
in employment relationships is in the day-to-day working relationship between individuals and their immediate leader, managers, supervisors. And immediate leaders, managers, and supervisors, uh, to me, that's where all the important action is. Yes, they have to be supported from the top of the chain of command all the way down. Yes, they have to be supported by HR. Yes, they have to be supported by systems and practices and resources. So I hear you, Bruce, and 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 that's really interesting. You're you're absolutely hitting the the nail on the head, as they say. Um, I think my take from the millennium millennials I'm working with is they do want to be supported. Okay, they want they want help. They look for mentors, and they there are a generation that is. Um, really looking for men for mentors is have you have you experienced that absolutely and i think one of the reasons for that is if you think about it um you know they uh, are so close to their um to their parents and teachers and counselors over the years that uh they uh you know that they gravitate to uh teaching style managers, coaching style managers, um, even I sometimes call it in loco parentis management. That, mm-hmm. um, so look, a lot has changed in the workplace and, and, and all the data shows that the millennial workforce, especially the second wave millennial workforce, is bringing a lot of new challenges and that managers really are um, finding it more and more difficult to manage people in today's environment. Uh, but one thing hasn't changed, and as much as the, the millennials' parents have been trying to create a new species of superhuman, uh, still uh, millennials are still human beings, and they 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 need guidance, direction, support, and coaching. Uh, and when managers try to help them get their needs met, uh, this makes it easier for them to perform, and it makes them want to perform at a higher level. And I think we have to, we as managers and executives have to look ourselves in the, in the mirror a little bit too, because it's only been in the last couple years that really there's been an emphasis on mentoring and coaching and trying to have a coaching management style. And that style seems to be what the, the millennials are um, positively reacting to. Okay. It's not, you know, delegation, but it's more, you know, help me be the best I can be. So I, my, I think coaching management style really fits quite well when you're, when you're managing millennials. What do you think? Yeah, I think that uh, one of the biggest myths is that they want to be left alone. They don't want to be left alone. They want strong, highly engaged coaching style, teaching style leaders. And look, my view is that it's probably true that strong, highly engaged coaching style leaders have always been the best leaders, leaders who provide support, guidance, direction, leaders who teach, leaders who help people get their needs met. They've always been the best leaders. But in the workplace of the past, if you didn't have that kind of leader, maybe you were still willing to pay your dues and climb the ladder because you hoped the system would take care of you in the long term. And nowadays, nobody trusts the system to take care of them long term. So as a result of that, you look to your immediate boss to take care of you in the short term. 
And mm-hmm. when, when, when uh, millennials find that they have leaders, managers, supervisors uh, who don't know who they are, don't know what they're doing, uh, don't provide any guidance, direction, and support, uh, this is when things really go badly. It's when you lose good people uh, or, frankly, when bad people stick around and take advantage and collect the paycheck and hide out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and sometimes also, I think, wave, I, what I've seen, too, is this, you know, there's there doesn't seem to be this middle role. There's over-management and under-management, okay? And, and with the millennials, I think it's what you just said or uh, that – Managers think, okay, I'm going to undermanage them because they don't. They want to be left alone, and um, they don't want to be over management. And we have a tendency to undermanage sometimes. Isn't that true? Yeah, I mean, I wrote a book called "It's Okay to Be the Boss," in which uh, the the subtitle is "Fight the Undermanagement Epidemic." Uh, yeah. So, um, our work, one of the things we've tracked for many years, is an undermanagement epidemic throughout the world. Leaders, managers, and supervisors don't provide enough guidance, direction, and support. Now, there are a lot of reasons for that. Um, mm-hmm. One is they feel they don't have time. Uh, you know, sometimes they don't know how. Um, some is false nice guy syndrome, thinking that maybe mm. people want to be left alone. Yeah, yeah. Good. Well, Bruce, we're going to take a, another short break now. And when we come back, I, I, I want to be fair to all our listeners, because we're going to have a lot of millennials, even first wave millennials and second wave millennials listening to this broadcast. And we, all, we always have a tendency to kind of talk about them. OK. And and when we come back, I'd, I'd like to talk to them a little bit. And um you know, hear messages that you may have to the millennials themselves that are out there listening on, you know, we're talking about what we have to do, managers, the Xers and the boomers to, to, you know, try to work together with them, but maybe what they have to do also to work together with us. So I'd like to try to touch on that when we come back, give everybody a fair chance here. And to our listeners, I'm talking with Bruce Tulgan founder and chairman of Rainmaker Thinking. He is the author of Not Everybody Gets a Trophy, How to Manage the Millennials. And if you have questions for Bruce, you can contact him at mail at rainmakerthinking.com or on LinkedIn at Bruce Tolgan RMT, at Twitter at Bruce Tolgan, at Facebook on Bruce Tolgan RMT, and the company's website is rainmakerthinking.com. You're listening to Leadership Beyond Borders on the Voice America Business Channel. I am your host, Kimberly Lewis, CEO, Leadership and Cultural Diversity Coach, and author of Ponytail Talk, It's All About You, Winning Career Strategies for Women. You can contact me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or on my website, globalbusinesstherapy.com. And we'll be right back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? 
Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. How is your company's marketing plan? Could it use a little help? For most businesses, the answer is yes. Tune in each week to Marketing That Won't Break the Bank. Host Janet Kunst and her guests will show you how and where to bring your marketing to the next level. Each show will feature action strategies that you can implement right away and see results. We'll make this easy for you. Start by tuning in every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, the Voice America's business on the Voice America's business station. And if you are in leadership or aspire to be in leadership, this is the show you should be listening to. I'm your host, Kimberly Lewis, a seasoned executive leadership and diversity expert. And today we are talking with Bruce Tolgan, founder and chairman of Rainmaker Thinking and author of Not Everybody Gets a Trophy, How to Manage the Millennials. And we are calling, we are broadcasting to you today from Prague in the Czech Republic and from New Haven, Connecticut. Now, in the last, um, be- Bruce, before we, we took our short break... We, we talked a lot about what we um, managers, and we could be Xers or baby boomers or maybe even first, uh, first wave millennials, have to do to try to attract the millennials. And I'd like, to, I'd like to talk a little bit to the millennials because we have a lot of millennials out there aspiring to be in leadership, um, listening to this sh- show. So if I were a, a millennial... Um, and I was in a job right now. What would be the mo- your most important message to me as a millennial? Well, you know, I've written a couple of books aimed at the millennials. One of them is called "It's Okay to Manage Your Boss." Uh, so, uh, my advice to millennials is: take charge of yourself, and take charge of your career, and take charge of your role in the workplace. Um, but my approach to managing your, your career and managing your boss is not about manipulating or trying to uh, play everyone else to your own advantage. Um, so my, it, we do programs for young professionals, and um, you may know, I, I, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, I wrote a book called Bridging the Soft Skills Gap, 
and we have programs we call self-building programs where we teach uh, new young professionals uh, a lot of what we call self-management skills. Mm -hmm. uh, so I always tell people the first person you have to manage every day is yourself. Uh, and that means taking good care of yourself outside the workplace. Um, and it means uh, getting uh, to work early and staying late and practicing those good old-fashioned work habits like diligence uh, and focus. It means taking notes and using checklists and learning to live by a schedule. It means dotting your I's and crossing your T's. Uh, I tell young people every day, um, you want to be the person who is saying please and thank you and sir and ma'am. You want to be the one who shows up prepared to meetings. You want to be the one who uh, has good people skills. Uh, you want to be the one who uh, looks more like uh, you're following old-fashioned work habits uh, and that you manifest some of these old-fashioned basics that so many young people don't seem to have. That's a great way to set yourself apart. Um, so what I tell young people is, step one, get really good at managing yourself outside of the workplace and in the workplace. Um, and, uh, and then step two, get really good at managing uh, all of your other relationships. But the most important relationship is the one you have with your immediate leader, manager, and supervisor. And what, what that means is build an ongoing structured dialogue uh, with your immediate leader, manager, supervisor. Uh, maybe you talk twice a week or every day. Maybe you talk once a week or every other week. Uh, but you take notes. And you don't shoot the breeze, and you don't talk about your long-term career path, and you don't talk about all the things you want. You talk about uh, what's what are the broad performance standards, and then what are the very specific expectations for you? What should be your priorities? Uh, what should you, if you can't get to something, what should you back burner? How do you get the resources you need? What does it look like for you to do your work very well, very fast, uh, and to exceed expectations every step of the way, how can you keep score for yourself? And if you if you have a regular conversation with your immediate boss, uh, once a week, twice a week, every day, every other week, where where you're talking about these issues uh, on an ongoing basis, that's the number one thing you can do uh, to make sure that you are meeting and exceeding expectations. And that's the number one way you can. Put yourself in a position to earn uh, the, the money you want, to earn the flexibility you want, uh, and to get the kind of growth and development uh, that's possible in your career. Mm -hmm. and, and what about, okay, so I'm just kind of putting myself in the millennial position here. Um, what about your work? You've talked about what I heard you say was, you know, kind of the etiquette for the workplace, you know, good old-fashioned um, habits, good old-fashioned politeness, good old-fashioned, you know, say yes, please. What about a little bit on citizenship, okay? You know, I am I really want to climb the ladder as fast as I can, and is it okay for me then to talk to my boss's boss, or what are, what are kind of the hierarchical rules or citizenship rules that are in there? Because I hear a lot 
from some of the managers that I work with and I'm taking, you know, that work with millennials kind of sometimes have a few complaints that they're, they're a little bit too bold. What would you say to me if I said to you as a millennial, I want to go up so go up the ladder faster. So is it okay if I bypass my boss or should I be really only talking to my boss? Well, I think it's very important to respect the chain of command, especially if there is a well-functioning chain of command. If there is not a well-functioning chain of command, uh, then your first strategy should be to try to figure out how to create a well-functioning chain of command for yourself. Uh, But to the larger point of of citizenship, uh, in bridging the soft skills gap, I dedicate a whole section to how to teach good citizenship uh, to the new young workforce. And I think what it means to be a good citizen in one organization may be very different from what Mm -hmm. it means to be a good citizen in another. So what the first thing you have to do uh, is really understand the context. Um, What young people going into a new context need to be very careful. Uh, You need to learn like crazy, pay attention to the cues, read the context. You have to start to figure out what it means to be a good citizen in this organization. In some organizations, it doesn't matter when you come into work. The thing that matters is, when do you leave? You know, in some organizations, it doesn't matter what you wear to work. In some organizations, the uniform is very important. In some organizations, Uh, you can bring your dog. Nobody would mind. In some organizations, that would make you seem like a weirdo. So, uh, you know, you have to understand the context of the organization. And then, uh, again, you don't have to sacrifice your identity or who you are as a person. Uh, You just, you need to follow the rules of of that community. And it's okay. Sometimes I say the second wave millennials are the ultimate nonconformists in an era of nonconformism. And the problem is that a lot of times soft skills just come down to conforming. You know, why do we work from eight in the morning till six at night? Well, because that's when everyone's here, you know. (laughs) Uh, Or, you know, why do we work from uh, uh, seven in the morning till seven at night? Well, because it's a store and that's when people shop. Um, Mm -hmm. So some of it is just about conforming, but you have to help young people understand that conforming doesn't mean um, abandoning their identity and their, and their individuality. It just means, you know, they're paying you to be here and they're paying you to do certain things in certain ways. No hard feelings. Mm -hmm. And that's the flip side. That's the flip side of the short term transactional mindset. Uh, So Mm -hmm. what I always tell CEOs is, yeah, I get it. This long-term hierarchical thinking, they don't get that. Uh, their expectations are high, but you can turn that around on them and say, oh, yeah, that short-term transactional thinking, no hard feelings. We're paying you. That's why we get to tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that, that's, a, that's a really good point, and it co- brings me to, to this, this balance of, of you know, what you just said. We're paying you to do something. So a lot of millennials I see have kind of that balance difficulty between 
a priority of, of social life, work, and family. And, you know, where, how much do I have to give to my work? And how much do I have to give, you know, I want to give more to my friends. And that's my priority, not my work. And then also these, these millennials who grew up with these helicopter parents who are still hanging around trying to, you know, maneuver their careers. As a millennial, what would you suggest when I'm confused. I'm confused about my social life, my family. They should be my priorities, not my work. Um, is there any advice that goes along those lines? Well, most millennials tell us that they're not trying to um, wrap their life around the career they want to have, but rather they want to find the kind of career they can wrap around the life they want to have. Uh-huh. Okay. And um, I think increasingly that's true for people of all ages. When you no longer look at, I'm going to be working with a company for 30 or 40 years, when that's no longer the default presumption, uh, then you start uh, maybe prioritizing other factors. And maybe maybe there are lots of good reasons to prioritize your life um, and the conditions of your life. But the other thing that I always say to young people is, uh, how far and fast you can go in your 20s and 30s is going to give you a whole lot more options in your 40s, 50s, and 60s, even if it's not in one particular organization. So what, you know, some people say, well, youth is wasted on the youth, so maybe they're not crazy. Maybe they should, um, their youth is wasted on the young. You know, maybe young people, they're going to enjoy their lives uh, in their youth. The problem is that the less you accomplish in your 20s and 30s, uh, the fewer options you have in your 40s, 50s, and 60s. Yeah, that I think that's that's a really good point, um, Bruce, and and that's a really great and powerful message to the millennials that are listening to us. So I um, this has been really super and really really interesting. And in closing, I'd I'd like to just do you have if you could sum up one sentence for the Xers and the baby boomers and maybe the first first wave on one thing that maybe we can do a little bit better to to kind of um, work with this transition in the workforce, what would that be? Well, if you, what, what can we do to work better with the millennials? Right, right. Yeah, well, what I tell uh, older, more experienced people is uh, do not humor young people. Take them serious. Mm-hmm. And do not um, be insulted by the fact uh, that they want to know uh, what do you want from me today, tomorrow, this week, and this year, and what do you have to offer me in exchange because work is a transactional relationship, no hard feelings. So let's yeah. plug into their short-term transactional mindset, um, and let's let's make a deal every day. Let's let's get lots of work done very well, very fast, all day long with a great attitude, and let's find ways to help everyone earn more for themselves and their families. Uh, so what I tell employers is, if you got a young person who doesn't want to work on Thursday. And what you need to tell them is, okay, here's what I need from you by every Wednesday at midnight. Mm-hmm. Make the quid pro quo explicit. Um, and, and what young people need is not weak leaders. They need strong leaders, teaching style leaders, coaching style leaders, parental style leaders. They need guidance, direction, support, and coaching. They need structure. They need boundaries. Of course they want more of everything. Who doesn't? Uh, but they're willing to earn it, so help them okay. earn. 
Well, that that's a great last tip, um, Bruce. Thank you so much. So with those last tips, I would like to thank our expert, Bruce Tolgan, founder and chairman of Rainmaker Thinking, Inc., and author of Not Everyone Gets a Trophy, How to Manage the Millennials. And if you want to get a hold of Bruce, you can reach him at mail at rainmakerthinking.com or on LinkedIn at Bruce Tolgan RMT and Twitter at Bruce Tolgan, Facebook Bruce Tolgan RMT. And the company's website is rainmakerthinking.com. So thank you once again for your time today. It's been great. Thank you so much for including me. So just to to wrap up, um, for me, the the millennial generation has really contributed to business change. And although everybody's had to adjust, it's done us a really lot of good because I think change does good. And for, for me, the biggest contribution I have seen from the millennials is their global perspective. And this global perspective brings diversity, and diversity is a norm now, not an exception. So I welcome the millennials to the work bus and thank you for teaching everybody some new values and allowing us to work with change. Now, Leadership Beyond Borders, the show is a show sponsored by Global Business Therapy, SRO, and the Women's Leadership Academy 2020, and Ponytail Talk Executive Coaching for Women. Please get in touch with me, Kimberly Lewis, your host, and send me a mail at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail or visit my website at leadershipbeyondborders.net or globalbusinesstherapy.com. You can also find me, Kimberly Lewis, on Twitter. You can find Leadership Beyond Borders on Facebook and on LinkedIn. You can find Kimberly Lewis and Leadership Beyond Borders. And please tune in next week when we are going to meet a woman who beat the odds and became a leader in a very competitive film industry, in the very competitive film industry. She's going to talk to us about persistence and endurance and how to make it as a leader in a tough industry. And until next week, my leadership word for the day is perspective. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.